I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I am answering a question called into the podcast phone number about self-referencing and other referencing Enneagram types. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I answered a question on Twitter last night that someone asked, and the question was, question for married people, how do you and your spouse grow together? My 12-year marriage included my ex-wife and I growing further and further apart. Everyone changes and matures over time, but how do you keep it so that yours, years down the road, you don't know your partner anymore? And my response was, we have coffee together every morning. We call each other after our individual therapy sessions and talk about what we learned. We have a weekly date that's non-negotiable and do couples therapy once a month. It's heaven, but it also takes work. And in that moment, I was like, oh, we're doing it. (laughs) Like we're really doing a really good job in our marriage. I'm just really proud of us. Um, So my rose today is that I I got good marriage, y'all. My thorn is not a big thorn, but today is just one of those two coffees and kind of mornings where I'm still so groggy and kind of getting my energy together and I had to double up. My bud is that tomorrow is monthly planning day for me, which is my favorite day of the month. I love planning out content, evaluating what's working and not working, and drawing out a new month's bullet journal. I'm just mm, so excited, looking forward to it. Okay, so let's hear from today's caller. Hi, Sarah Jane, this is Joyce. I'm an Enneagram type two. You've answered a couple of my questions before, so thank you so much. Um, Your answers have been incredibly helpful. I have another one for you. It's about others-focused versus self-focused types. I've just heard you say this, these phrases, um, regarding a few of the types, twos obviously being a prime example of others-focused types, and that really helped me understand, even that one phrase helped me understand a lot about my type structure. I was wondering if you could break down the whole circle. Um, is every type one or the other? Um, and what it means and what we can kind of learn from that um, if you're willing to do that. And, you know, maybe even struggles of being another focus type in a relationship with self-focus types and vice versa. And really anything you have to say on that topic. So thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you, Joyce, for calling in this question. So this element of the Enneagram is a great thing to keep in mind, especially in relationship to others, but even helping you when you're typing yourself. If I'd known this element, I probably would have been able to type myself much more quickly. So each Enneagram type has a place of focus. It's kind of like what they're paying attention to. There are those that are self-referencing, meaning they focus on their needs, wants, and desires, and others to who are others referencing. They focus on the needs, wants, and priorities of other people. And then there are those that are navigating both, bouncing back and forth between what they want and what others want and how to make them work together. So let's talk first about the self-referencing types, types four, seven, and five. So Enneagram fours, fives, and sevens pay attention to their needs and focus on their own inner experience. Now, to others referencing type, this can seem selfish, self-absorbed, or uncaring. But to the self-referencing types, it's really just about 
focusing on yourself first, which seems logical. So what does this look like for the individual types? Force focus on how they are feeling and that status of the emotional connection that they have with others. They spend their energy thinking about their feelings and on expressing those feelings. This can mean at times forgetting they are in relationships, resisting positive feedback, or feeling their emotions with depth and intensity. Essentially, their emotional landscape takes priority in their mind. Do they have unexpressed thoughts, ideas, or emotions that others need to hear in order for the four to feel fully seen? Is the type four having a hard time and need to focus first on how they're feeling without noticing the way others are experiencing them? Now for five, they reference their energy levels and their resources. They start the day by assessing how much energy they have and how they're going to use it. I like when people use the imagery of a gas tank in a car. They ask themselves every day, how far can I go today on this tank and not run out? Causing them to focus on protecting themselves from intrusion, feelings, and the unexpected in order to avoid that depletion. Now this can mean creating strong boundaries, limiting their social interactions to people they really like and trust, and aiming to live on as little as possible as to not have to rely on others. Now for sevens, they reference their needs, and because of their need to escape pain and suffering and to be satisfied, they focus on their own plans, preferences, priorities, and pleasures, and then they go about getting those things. This can cause them to even go about unconsciously manipulating the world around them to ensure that they get what they want. Now this can mean having a busy social calendar, focusing only on the positive, and being charming and persuasive as a way to get their needs met. That being said, it doesn't mean that these types are constantly self-absorbed and never think about other people. In fact, sometimes these types, when in their healthiest, are able to show up for others the most with the most honest enthusiasm because they take such good care of themselves when they're in a healthy place. However, they do need to work on putting themselves intentionally into the shoes of others, especially when being asked for empathy or when in a negotiation or a scenario in need of compromise. Okay, so let's get into the others referencing types. And that's types two, three, and nine. They direct their energy outward, focusing on other people first, and then adapting their inner experience to match. So other types may see them as martyrs, chameleons, or people pleasers, but to these types, it makes sense to kind of focus on other people first, like it's the quote unquote right thing to do. So choose reference other people's needs and feelings, particularly the people they are close to or want to be close to. And then they adapt themselves to what they think each person will like. They shape shift between people and situations, sugarcoating things if necessary, which honestly makes sense, right? If your fear of not being likable or lovable, that you would be paying attention to what people like and love and trying to become that instead of waiting for others to come and like and love what you already are but this can cause them to struggle to know what they need or feel. Maybe they adopt a hobby as their own because someone they want to be close to likes it, or maybe they struggle to ask for help in case it leads to potential rejection. Now our threes reference other people's definition of value and success. They may craft an image to make them appear just like their successful role models, forgetting who they really are in the process. So instead of being aware of their feelings and values, they become really aware of the external obstacles blocking their path to success. That can mean avoiding failure at all costs, not doing work that you like or love, and knowing how to play to a crowd and adapt accordingly. This often looks like the three success energy matching who they surround themselves by. 
threes in my little hippie town living in a commune by the river are going to be the most eco-friendly and quote-unquote evolved while threes on Wall Street are going to be the most suited up and assertive. The same three could be both of these people in a matter of a few years if they change who they are surrounded by. Now nine, re they reference other people's agendas and desires. So instead of shape-shifting like a two or a three, they unconsciously forget about their own priorities and go with the flow to keep the peace. They want what others want to ensure everything remains calm. That can mean being busy doing everything except for what's important to them, saying, I don't know, what do you want? and sometimes being a bit invisible or um, non-existent in the, in the pursuit of being unobtrusive. Now that being said, it doesn't mean that these types are beyond the ability to take care of themselves. They just have to intentionally put themselves first. And really it's less about putting themselves first and more about paying attention to their inner landscape getting to know themselves outside of who they are around. What do you like to eat? Where do you like to go when you're alone? What are your hobbies when no one is watching? I tell others referencing types to date themselves quite often and to really treat yourself like you're on a date. Bring a journal and ask yourself questions that you'd ask someone on a date. Put yourself in a new scenario and see how you respond. Well, I dated a guy once who was such a bad fit for me and we figured that out really quickly because he kept bringing me to things that he loved to do and I kept not liking them. Like concert dancing, house parties, thrift shopping. While I really liked him, putting me in these scenarios opened our eyes really quickly to what each of us liked and didn't like and for us that meant realizing that we were not a good match. But for you and yourself, it just means you and that activity may not be a good match. So you get to try again. Finally, we have those that focus on both. Enneagram types one, six, and eight focus on both their inner and outer world. So in theory, this sounds like they have perfect balance, but more often it's kind of this stressful back and forth between the inner and outer world, shaping and complicating their perception of reality with each pivot. Now, ones reference a set of inner world rules that govern how they're able to behave externally, meaning they have a strong inner moral compass. Essentially, they control and manage the expression of their natural impulses. And because of that, they're more aware of their inner world than maybe a two, three, or a nine. But they're not as focused on getting their own needs met as maybe fours, fives, and sevens. They reference the outer world in their preoccupation with what is proper or appropriate. They also desire to be perceived by other people as good. Now this can cause them to reword their emotions. Anger gets expressed with a polite smile or with a milder emotion of irritation. Now sixes reference potential threats and may project their internal fears onto the world around them. Not recognizing these as their own fears, they can imagine how to prepare for when these perceived threats materialize. That can mean taking a long time to trust people, questioning authority, not being able to take action until you have a plan for the worst case scenario, but feeling calm when something actually happens, something goes wrong. Now, additionally, sixes are others referencing in the fear of letting people down, intense loyalty to the systems they belong to. Sixes' relationship with authority may be the strongest example we have of a both referencing type. Someone who doesn't trust authority, but longs for an authority to tell them something with certainty. This push-pull dynamic with their inner and outer world. Then we have our eights. Our eights reference power and justice, knowing who has it and protecting those who don't. 
AIDS project their own vulnerability onto others, and so they can take action without feeling their own pain. That can mean being assertive or decisively taking charge of a situation, being productive of people they care about, or using their power to confront unfairness and wrestle power from the corrupt or unjust authorities. Now, they're often referred to as a self-referencing type because they have a strong sense of right and wrong, good and bad, stupid and smart, and express those opinions thoroughly. This also happens because type 8s fear being controlled, so they focus on what they want as a resistance to control. But at the same time, they are scanning for leaders and underdogs in a room and whether or not they're needed. They respond based on the perceived weaknesses around them. They ignore their own vulnerability, so they're not looking inward, they're looking outward for the vulnerability in the world. They're paying attention to, does the leadership take advantage of others? Is the leadership inefficient? then it may be time for them to step in. Are there people in need of protecting? They will shift their behavior based on who is around them and what the needs of the most vulnerable may be. That being said, each of these types have some sense of balance, just learning to reference the right things at the right times for the right reasons. Self-referencing when you need to fill your cup and get to the root of a personal issue and others referencing when you're building community or leading a team. When each of these elements are used in the wrong place at the wrong time, that's when things get weird. All right, friends, I hope this was informative. Thank you again for calling in. If you have Enneagram questions or questions in general, you can call or text them into 828-338-9127. That's also listed in the show notes for you, so you can just scroll and click. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one.